welcome to the Families Voices podcast. Our podcast today is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. The Family Voices podcast is a series of conversations with families of young children with a developmental delay or disability. We aim to build parents' knowledge, skills and confidence in navigating early childhood services and supports. The podcast is also an opportunity for families to share their stories. This podcast series is brought to you by Early Childhood Intervention Australia, VicTAS. We're a membership-based organisation that's proudly worked alongside families, practitioners and other organisations that provide supports for young children with disability or developmental delay and their families for over 35 years. To learn more about the podcast and our organisation, please visit ekiavic.org.au. So hello, my name's Kerry Bull and today we welcome Nina to Family Voices. Nina's brought people from her team. So today we're also joined by Yasmin and Lucy. Uh, hello and welcome to you all. Hello. Great to have you here. When I first talked with each of you, you referred to yourselves as part of a great partnership. I wonder if we just start by hearing a bit about each of you and where you fit into this partnership, perhaps starting with you, Nina. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Um, my name is Nina. I'm an aged care worker and a proud mom of my three unique kids, Abzil, Gabi, and Lulu. I originally came from the Philippines and grew up in a small, beautiful town, Tabango. So I had Abzil, my eldest, and Gabi, my second child in the Philippines, and moved here in Australia nine years ago and gave birth to Lulu. Both Gabrielle and Lulu were diagnosed with autism and went through early childhood intervention in their early years of development. Yeah, um, so I guess, yes, um, autism has been a part of our lives. Mm. Thanks, Nina. That's a great way to, to start our conversation. And perhaps, um, Yasmin, if I could throw to you and, and you can help us understand where you fit into this team with Nina and Lulu. Good morning, everyone. I am Yasmin. I am a primary school teacher. I've been a primary school teacher for four years now. So this year I am teaching grade one and I'm also the grade one area leader in our school. Before becoming a teacher, while I was studying, I was a swimming teacher and I was also a nanny. So I've been working with kids for about eight years um, and I'm very passionate about working with young children particularly. Great. Oh, we're keen to hear about your passion, uh, Yasmin. What about you, Lucy? Hello, everyone. Yeah, my name is Lucy and um, my background is in occupational therapy and um, my current work on Lulu's team is under the key worker model. So I'm her um, family's key worker and I have the joy of being involved in her home life, her school life and, um, yeah, just being a part of the team to, to try and, support Lily's development across all areas of development and environments. Mm, great. Um, good to hear each of your perspectives. And um, clearly, Nina, you have a whole lot of other people in, in your team, people that are part of your life, but it's, it's great to have Yasmin and Lucy here um, to talk about 
um, Lulu and particularly around uh, her schooling. When was when Lulu was making the transition to school? How did you begin to develop your team, Nina? Um, the transition to school with Lulu started with a kinder teacher. So she was Gabrielle's kinder teacher too. So we kind of like have um, good um, partnerships already. Mm-hmm. So from the start, um, I was so lucky that Karen was specialized in special education because right after my second child, Gabrielle, was diagnosed, I have been told to keep an eye to Lulu's development, my youngest too. So, yeah, and I still remember that time that I wanted to ignore it. Like, I'm scared because one is enough and two is too much. Like, I don't know what to do. So, Gabrielle and Lulu is completely two different um, unique girls with autism. So, to make the story short, um, I made good relationship with Karen and even the support teacher, Nora. So they have been really honest with Lulu's red flags. So after Lulu was professionally diagnosed, we were able to get the help that we need, like the teacher aid, support, and an early intervention key worker, which is Lucy, mm. and the funding from Faxia for therapy. So I see Lulu as a very smart friendly, intelligent, and a full of life, beautiful girl. She loves school. She She's very determined. Karen and Lucy see that too. So I was like, we were very eager to enroll Lulu in mainstream school. So from the start, mainstream was our goal. So, but it didn't come so easy. Lulu did her four-year-old kinder twice. So me, Karen and Lucy agreed that another year will benefit her to be able to learn and communicate with other peers and be more mature before she goes to prep. And I choose this particular mainstream near our place because my eldest son was there already. So like the school principal and all the mainstream staff knows me already and even the girls diagnosis because um, I've been very honest with them already. So when Lulu had her last year of four-year-old kinder, all of a sudden she was seeking more sensory needs and behavioral challenges. Um, Our biggest challenge is Lulu unable to recognize her emotions and other people's emotions and she becomes physically aggressive towards her other peers. So I was very down and disappointed because everything was ready for mainstream transition. But at the same time, I can't ignore the fact that she's not ready and she she's not she doesn't fit in mainstream. And it would be so selfish to push through it just because it's my goal for her. So my Lulu is not ready. So I was depressed and at the same time I felt so bad but that situation too I felt like I'm more supported by the team that works hard for Lulu as well um the mainstream called me and they follow up like oh Lulu is ready for transitions and 
No, I just told them, no, she's not ready, unfortunately. And um, I don't have, I don't have any backup plan. So, and to my surprise, they told me, well, it's okay if not this year, maybe next year. And Lucy helped me to reach um, specialist school and enrolled Lulu because um, at the very time I was like really in my very low energy, like, mm. you know, everything is not coming to place. <laughs> and, um, and then my kinder team has comforted me. Karin made this beautiful portfolio of Lulu in her two years of four-year-old kinder. And when I looked at those work, those beautiful painting and how she wanted to be included, the glow in her eyes being with kids made me regain back my confidence. And I believe Lulu's strength and what she's capable for. And I'm not going to put our mainstream goal away. It's a little just maybe a step back for a little bit. And, you know, we will work for it. And this time, like no time frame to avoid disappointment. Because hmm. um, for me, it's like disappointed are part of life. And I just want to get on with it. So a year in a special school has made a lot of difference and progress to Lulu. So it's a positive um, output. And I am thankful that I always have Lucy with us to keep reminding me our goals because at that time, I made myself comfortable to like, oh, she's behaving well in specialist school. So to be honest, maybe she fits in a specialist school. But um, as I said, I'm always thankful to have Lucy with us because she's the one who always reminded me our goals. So half year of the year, Lucy has reminded me our mainstream goal, like should we call the mainstream school again and um, plan for Lulu's transition? So it's just like, okay, we'll give it a try. We'll give it another try. So I made good connection, like open communication to my special school team too, like from the start, I already asked the teacher, like, my goal really is for Lulu to be enrolled in mainstream one day. So when I had that parent-teacher interview, I was so glad because she was so honest to me and told me, like, I think she's ready for mainstream. And because of the previous scenario about Lulu's behavior, I'm a bit anxious, like, oh, shall we... Should we really do it? So I contacted the mainstream again and they were so welcoming, like the assistant principal, the school principal, and even the future teacher, um, they called me and we sit in for a meeting and um, with Lucy with us as well. And um, yeah, we, we decided for Lulu's transition, but um, this time it's only like part-time. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to push Lulu too much as well. It mm -hmm. might be very overwhelming. 
So yeah, I decided to put her to mainstream only for two days and three days for specialist school. Wow, Nina, there's so much there that you've told us. And I'm really hearing that you had good partnerships back in the kindergarten days, in the early days. And you've also had Lucy uh, walking along with you through that whole transition period. Maybe we can hear from you, Lucy, about that transition period and your role. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think it's just such a, a wonderful story to or time to reflect on with Nina and to to remember how far back the transition really started and that we're still not 100% way through, but we've we've worked all together to, to take one step at a time to getting Lulu into her mainstream environment. So yes, as Nina said, um, the kindergarten support is just vital for to start the transition process um, and to have their expertise of, of supporting Lulu and all of their inclusion strategies and, and tips and tricks um, that they learnt in their education role um, for Lulu to, to hand over to the future setting. I think that's the part that I think is, is the first valuable part of the transition as well as um, having Nina involved with, with all of the things that she knows about her um, wonderful children. So I think that, that that was the first step is to really get everyone's expertise um, in the early years education together and have it ready for whichever school setting was going to, to be Lulu's future. Um, and I, I also love that this indicates there's no real rush or time frame with transitions and um, that, that moving at the child's pace is so important and Nina has done that every step of the way with Lulu. Um, and then after, after supporting Lulu into a specialist setting and then re realising that um, it was time to to reconnect with the mainstream setting, um, it, I think that was then the next really important part was to revisit all of the things that mean most to Nina and Lulu and to just pull those connections back together. So, and, and again, just working in partnership with all people and settings involved. Yeah. Where we were lucky enough to be connected with Yasmin and the inclusive school that Yasmin um, works at and um, just really going slowly with Lulu's pace and understanding Lulu, setting up all of her individualised support needs um, and making it a really successful two days a week as a starting point. Mm. It's a really strong theme that you reminding us that transitions aren't a a quick thing that we need to take time for transitions, both from the early years at kindergarten and, and riding through and, and then spending time with transition uh, for, for some good amount of time as children are entering the primary school. Yasmin, maybe you can um, help us with understanding where you fit in, and in particular about why the partnership that you have now is so successful. So as we already heard from Nina and Lucy, the partnership had already been established before um, Lulu came into my classroom. So for me to join the partnership, what really helped that was at the start of the year, Nina gave me a fact sheet all about Lulu that Nina and Lucy made together 
And for me, this was the most valuable information I could be given because um, Lulu does only come to school two days a week. And one of the days that she is at school is a specialist day. So she goes to all her specialist classes. She goes to art, PE, Japanese music and library. And I don't go with her to those classes. So I pretty much only have Lulu in the classroom with me for one whole day a week. And that fact sheet that Nina and Lucy gave me gave me so much information and I was really able to start building a relationship with Lulu straight away. Whereas if I didn't get that information, it would have taken me a really long time to get to know Lulu as she was only coming in one day a week. Uh Then um, Lucy sent me an email and she came into school and did a classroom observation. And from there, that's where our partnership really started to develop. And I think what makes it so successful is that we all really care about Lulu and we have her best interests at heart. So we really work together to make sure that her goals at home are consistent with her goals that she has at school. And I also just wanted to add that I have two very, very amazing aides. They work in the classroom with Lulu full time and they are very much a part of this partnership as I am um, because I cannot go with Lulu to her specialist classes, her aides go with her. And they're the ones that also really implement the strategies that I'm given by Lucy and by Nina. So it's a big joint effort at our school. Um, And I just wanted to say the aides are so amazing and they really make this partnership work as well. Yeah, a nice reminder that uh, the three of you here are just part of the team and uh, there's a whole lot of other people, um, including Lulu, of course. Definitely. Um, can I go back, Yasmin? You said that this this uh, little tip sheet or fact sheet was really helpful for you. Is that something that was then shared with the teachers from specialist classes as well so that they also had some background understanding of Lulu? and her learning needs. As soon as it was shared with me, I also shared it with the specialist teachers that work with Lulu and I also shared it with her aides as well. And it just gave us a really great insight into who Lulu is. Um, And we were able to see what her strengths are, what she needs improvement on and what her interests are. And from that fact sheet, I learned that she really, really loves Princess Peach. And that's something that we've incorporated into her schooling all um, year. And it's really helped with her engagement levels as well. Yeah, beautiful. So you know, you all know what's uh, motivating for, for Lulu. Um, Yasmin, you said that there's a, one of the common things about you all is that you all care about Lulu, but I'm interested also about what it is about each of you that makes the partnership work. Can we go back to you, Nina, and, and, and hear from you about what is it about you that makes the partnership work? What do you bring to it? Um, resilience that I brought to this team. I didn't really know how I am. I am resilient. <laughs> like I developed that um, attitude. Like it's okay not to be okay at times. Like when we feel down, exhausted, and feeling like giving up. But however, it's not okay to let this challenges define who we are like I'm always positive I'm always positive since I was very little so staying positive staying strong and you know every day is another day and I developed that attitude 
And I always brought Lulu's knowledge and and her capabilities to the team. Like every year or every first session with different professionals that I called now as a team, before we start anything else, I over, I, I will let them know who she was, what she's capable of, and um, and what she can, and what's our goal. And actually, it's not me why it works. It's Lulu. Like, she taught me to be very patient. She taught me, like, how to listen and always think outside the box. And she taught me how to be more brave. She taught me that it's okay to be different. And I learned so much from her. It was so easy for me to be honest and open to the team, even to the community. Like if she's making any awkward behavior, it was easier for me to explain to the community that, oh, like, look, I'm sorry, my daughter has autism. She has difficulty of communicating. And it makes a lot of difference, Carrie, because um, that then I realized Everyone will understand as long as you let them know. Nina, your positivity and resilience just sings out so loudly. But uh, what you are saying about Lulu uh, teaching you is so strong because I think Lulu's teaching us all. <laughs> just by listening to your story, uh, Lulu's helping us all to understand about um that positivity, it's okay not to be okay, all of those things. Um, what, what about you, Yasmin? What do you bring to the partnership? Well, obviously I'm a teacher. That's my expertise. I know how to teach students. I know how to assess students. I know how to provide students with feedback. And in Lulu's instance, I'm really able to create consistency for Lulu at school um, and at home as well. So I can implement our chosen strategies when she's at school and continue to create that consistency. I also really value feedback and suggestions from Nina and Lucy. We have a very clear, um, open communication with each other. Um, and I really am open to trying any suggestions, any strategies in the classroom that will benefit Lulu. Mm. So an openness to feedback is pretty important when you're a teacher, isn't it? So you're a learner as well as Lulu being a learner. Definitely. And like Nina said, she has taught me so much this year as well. I have really learned a lot from Lulu. Um, so, yeah, I'm just very open to help and support from Nina and Lucy. It really is a joint effort, all of us yeah. combined together. What about for you, Lucy? Um, for me, I well, I think that everyone else on the team is, is taking a massive part in in. Lulu's development and and um, the way they sort support her in this partnership and uh, for me I think I'm at times a little bit of of a bridge to connect all of the different services all of the um, different supports in Lulu's life to to support that consistency that Yasmin has mentioned she's providing day to day so I think I come in with an open lens and trying to gather as much information from everyone that is so important on Lulu's team to then support the consistency across environments, as well as absolutely love working with Yasmin and her team at the school and just really 
bring a passion for the inclusion um, that they so naturally provide um, Lulu with at school. Sounds like such joy and uh, enjoyment that you all have. Um, Yasmin, you, you mentioned that you communicate openly with each other. Can we talk a little bit more about uh, that? How do you communicate with each other? So when Lulu gets picked up at the end of the day, either myself or an aide will have a quick chat with Nina and we'll just speak about how Lulu's day has gone. So if something has gone wrong, um, we're very open and honest about it and we will discuss it and we'll discuss strategies that we can put in place to support Lulu. And then on the other hand, if she has a really great day, she's achieved something really amazing in the day, we make sure that we communicate that with Nina as well. So every day that Lulu gets picked up, we'll have a quick chat and a quick little handover about how her day has gone. Mm. And did you work that out together? You decided that that's what you, how you would communicate? I think that that's something that was happening um, in prep and it's something that we continued into grade one. Yeah. Uh-huh. What about from your perspective, Nina? How else are you communicating with the team? So Yasmin has made a beautiful strategy before Lulu comes to her class. So Yasmin um, will email me Lulu's visual schedule and I'll let Lulu read that email. And it just makes so much difference. She felt included too. That's such a practical strategy that you've shared with us, Nina, and uh, a beautiful communication in terms of that email that's going to help Lulu be part of the, the communication. Lucy, what about for you? How do you communicate with the team? Yeah, so I communicate um, with Nina uh, after every visit to school, if, if that is where I'm seeing Lulu. Um, I also complete a summary of the visit for both um, school and home to have a look at so that we can, again, keep, keep everything nice and consistent and just share, share all the thoughts together, which then usually often leads to a bit of an email chain of further discussions about how to support Lulu. Um, I also um, communicate with Yasmin directly um, when arriving at a session and we just have a bit of a catch up on how Lulu has been going before and, and finding out what is most important for today's visit. Um, so I guess that direct communication in the moment is really important to make sure that um, the support I'm providing to school and, and the role I'm playing in Lulu's team is, is I'm making the most out of what, what we're all expecting. So um, we'll get a good sense of what is most important for my visit. Um, I will then communicate directly with the integration aides as well and Lulu of course and then we reflect on everything at the at the end of a session as well and that's where I'll give Nina a phone call and reflect with Nina as well. Mm. And Lucy you you said earlier that you have a kind of open lens and you have a role in bridging all of the the people so communication's really critical in your work. Do you also communicate with the specialist school? On occasion, yeah, I think um, that's probably a bridge that could be strengthened a little bit. Um, but um, the main communication with the specialist schools will come when the student support group meetings um, occur. So that, that termly meeting that we're reviewing goals, planning for the next term, reviewing um, how Lulu's going, any strategies. And, and when we talk about transitions and increasing Lulu's days in the mainstream setting, that's where I also encourage 
the whole team to be involved for that open communication. Yeah, uh-huh. so you're, you're participating in those uh, student support group meetings and being able to share that information across schools as well. Yeah. Lucy, just while we're with you, how does your organisation support you with working in the team? So the key worker role really allows a bit of a flexible approach to whilst I'm an occupational therapist and they're the, that's my area of um, discipline, I can support Lulu quite holistically. Um, so I think the role really provides um, the opportunity for me to have the openness to connect with schools, to connect with kindergarten when we first started um, to be a part of the family system and to the specialist care and I think that um, the other thing it provides is the flexibility to adjust appointments that it's not something that I am scheduled to see Lulu at the exact same time and place that if Yasmin was to contact me and say this PE class is is actually something that we really need a bit of an observation and support so that I can adjust the way that I or the timing that I see Lulu in order to um, support the team best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing it always provides me with is um, a big team behind me as well, which is is my support. Um, if I am needing extra guidance, the resources to, to continue to develop my area of expertise um, and the ability to work across natural settings, which um, at school and home. So you're referring to a team of, of specialist teachers and allied health professionals that, that are part of your organisation as well, Lucy? Yeah, correct. So I, I would be the primary worker or the, the key worker. And um, behind me, I've got um, a wonderful team full of um, psychologists, physiotherapists, speech therapists, um, and special education teachers that I can draw on their knowledge um, when needed. Yeah. What about um, you, Yasmin? Can you talk a little bit about your school and how they support you in working with the team? Yeah, definitely. So I have a very big um, support system at school. I have the support of all the teachers. Um, And as I said earlier, the specialist teachers play a big part in supporting Lulu when at school as well, because she is with them for a whole day on a Thursday. And Lucy has come in a few times to um, support Lulu in her specialist classes as well. I also have my assistant principal. She's really amazing. She supports me in SSG meetings with um, Nina as well. So we've had one this year. We do need to book in another one, but she's present for those and she'll take minutes for the meeting. And if I need any support or some strategies, she's always happy to offer those to me. And my school is also really great at supporting me with my professional development to um, broaden my expertise and to develop some strategies So my school is very supportive and they um, stand behind me very strong to help me. Mm. And Nina, you mentioned very early on in our conversation about the assistant principal and the principal being helpful for you in those very early days when you were making the transition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nina, what difference does your relationship with Lucy and, and Yasmin make for you and Lulu? It makes so much difference, Gary. Like with someone who is miles away from family, 
also the relationship that we built and share over time give me confidence to keep going forward. I felt like I'm not alone. We are not alone. So please allow me this opportunity, Carrie, to heartily thank Lucy, Yasmin, and to all the teams who have been so patient with Lulu, especially Lucy, who has been with us since day one. When I'm anxious, disappointed, and don't know what to do and what to say, Lucy is always there and the team recognizing Lulu's challenges. And it gives me that chance and time to cope and acknowledge my maternal emotions as well. So to have someone to guide me and help to deal Lulu's challenges gives me enough energy to keep going and motivate Lulu as well. So all this, we couldn't have done it without them. All of this, um, they couldn't have done without you either, Nina, um, or Lulu as well. Lucy, I think you were wanting to say something. Yeah, I, I just um, want to acknowledge the amazing leadership that Nina puts into this partnership and this team. I think that we couldn't all be united and following the same goals um, without the, the leadership that Nina and the absolute amazing modeling she provides to us um, in how to support her daughter best and um, setting the goals that are realistic, that are timely, um, then that keep us all on track in um, getting Lulu into her mainstream setting and being a part of such a, a wonderful team that brings all of us quite a lot of joy. <laughs> Indeed. And Yasmin, are you wanting to say anything uh, further before we finish up? Oh, it's just been an absolute pleasure working with Nina and Lucy. It's one of the best partnerships I've been a part of. Um, and I think that it shows in all the amazing um, in all the amazing progress that Lulu has made this year. Everyone plays such an important role. And I just feel very blessed to have the support um, in the classroom as well. It's amazing. Mm, mm. Uh, what a, an opportunity for us to all hear of such a strong partnership. Thank you all. Thank you, Nina, Yasmin and Lucy. It's been a pleasure for me to meet with you and hear your story. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Thank you for having us. We've all experienced teams that are not working well together. Whether it was the group project at secondary school where someone didn't pull their weight a sports team where the captain didn't recognise everyone's efforts or a workplace where communication was poor and everyone was pulling in different directions. In this podcast, we chose to share a story where the key elements of positive teamwork are in place. Good leadership, shared contributions, defined roles, respect for each other's experience and expertise, common goals and fabulous communication. The positive relationship Nina had built at kindergarten had clearly set the groundwork, as had her ongoing partnership with Lucy, the key worker and occupational therapist, who had provided consistent support over many years. With a planned transition to school, Lulu made great progress and Nina built new relationships with teachers, integration aides and the assistant principal amongst others. At each step, it seems everyone kept Lulu at the centre. 
We heard everyone talk about how they ensured Lulu was a contributing member of the team. Lucy, Jasmine and Nina all commented on what they'd learned from Lulu. And wasn't it fabulous to hear Jasmine talk of herself as a teacher, but also a learner, open to learning from the team around her to ensure Lulu was included, participating and developing. Lucy suggested that they all learnt together. Lucy also talked about seeing herself as being the bridge, bringing people, information and resources together to ensure consistency, but also playing a role in bridging the relationships between family and education settings. Nina also had great insight about what she brought to the team. She said she lets the professionals know about Lulu's capabilities and her goals. It seemed to me that there was such a focus from everyone on Lulu's strengths. Together, they had developed flexible ways of communicating, catching up briefly at the end of the school day, emails, texts, phone calls, and shared notes about visits at home and school and participation at student support group meetings. And how wonderful to hear how they included Lulu in communication too, with a daily schedule developed by Jasmine an email so she could read it and know what lay ahead. No surprises for Lulu. We heard from three members of the team today and they wanted us to know about the positive contributions of the broader team of professionals, teachers, integration aides, and the leadership group at the schools. There were also therapists and special educators at the early intervention program, all batting for Lulu. I feel so encouraged hearing about this strong partnership and have some new ideas about the possibilities of parents and professionals working in partnership in the best interests of the child. If you also found this helpful and can think of someone who might benefit from listening to this story, like a teacher or friend, then please share this link. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Family Voices. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast app and feel free to leave a review to help us gain more of an understanding of what types of conversations are helpful to you. More information about the podcast can be found on ekiavic.org.au. Until next time, thank you for listening. Music.